Hello out there, breadwinners. This is Regina, and you are listening to Office Politics Radio, a podcast dedicated to helping you with your work life. You can get in touch with me and find out more about me and my show at officepoliticsradio.com. You can also follow the links to my Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn pages, or you can email me directly at Regina at officepoliticsradio.com. And we're back. So hey out there, breadwinners. It's been a minute, but I am back with you. Um, We usually talk about office politics on my show, obviously, but today we're going to talk about politics, politics. So I was having a discussion with my goddaughter recently, and she is of voting age. And she said, you know, I just, I don't even know what I'm doing when it comes to voting. I don't know where to start. I don't know where to get information. I don't know where to go. And I said, all right. And she said, you know, well, can you help me kind of figure some of this out? I'm like, I could do that. So I am dedicating today's show to my goddaughter, Morgan Olivia. And I know she's out there listening. So today we are going to talk about our top five ways to be an informed voter. So the first thing that we need to understand is I would really appreciate if everybody would stop saying, well, I'm not into politics, you know, because everything we do is political, whether you have voted in every election since you were 18, if you have never voted before, everything that you do as far as the elections are concerned is political. So if you're not voting, that's political. If you're rallying, that's political. If you're campaigning for something, that is also political. So you don't have to necessarily be the person who is out there on the front lines, who's out there, you know, signing people up for different petitions or to get things, to get signatures, to get things on the ballot. But you also don't want to be the person who's just watching the election go by and going, eh, because that's not really what, you you don't want to be that guy. And people think that you're only voting in what I call the bigger elections, like a presidential election or a governor election or a mayor election, or you need to get out and vote every four years. You do (laughs) need to vote in those elections, but we also have the lowest voter turnout of pretty much any industrialized nation. And there's really nothing easier than voting. The ballot comes to your house. You can take weeks to read through it page by page. You can mail it back. You can vote without ever leaving your house. Because I always, I used to work at the registrar's office in LA County. And I would always hear people say, well, you know, we should get time off to go vote. It should be on Saturday or it should be, you know, over the internet or whatever. What's easier than something coming to your house? I mean, it's basically... Elections are like the Amazon Prime of of getting somebody in office, basically. And there's really no reason why you can't vote at this point. And if you look at what some of your statewide provisions are, there's usually a little verbiage in there that allows you time off to go work to to go vote in statewide elections so you have the time off that you need from work it's not going to be on saturday because do you really want to spend your saturday at a polling place um i definitely rather take the time off from work and go vote during the week it's important like i said to vote in your presidential elections your gubernatorial elections but there are so many other layers of elections that are going on all the time for judges for you know local politicians and your local government and your local government has I would say a greater impact than anyone not not always but 99% of the time your local government is going to have a bigger impact on your day-to-day life for sure than 
anybody that's in Washington or anybody that's in your state capital. And it's really important to know where to get information and what's going on. So I would say that a good place to start is the easiest website to remember, USA.gov. So if you go on USA.gov, on their landing page, you can put in your city and state or your zip code or any other identifying information. And it will bring you a list of what's going on as far as scheduled elections are concerned. So if you are voting for president, obviously that's going to be, you know, advertised everywhere else as well as governor or mayor, some of the bigger elections, but some of the smaller local elections are also listed there and it gives you information on each of the candidates. So my second thing to become a good informed voter is to understand who you're voting for. And what's the difference between an elected official and an appointed official? I always like to ask people, who is the highest law enforcement authority in your community? And people will say, oh, it's the chief of police, or it's the sheriff, or sometimes they even say the mayor. All of those are wrong. The highest law enforcement authority in your community is, wait for it, your district attorney. So if you know your law and order, your OG law and order, and I know you all do, it'll tell you that in the criminal justice system, the people are represented by two separate yet equally important groups, the police who investigate crime and the district attorneys who prosecute the offenders. So your district attorney is an elected official. Your sheriff is an elected official. There are several other elected officials, your board of supervisors, your assembly woman or man, your city council, and those are the people who have sway over what's going on in your streets. So there may be some federal regulations, there may be some state regulations, but it's often what comes down to your city or county jurisdiction, and a lot of those positions are elected. So of the elected people, they turn around and make appointments. So your mayor, for example, will appoint the chief of police. Your board of supervisors will appoint your county administrator. And then the county administrator will appoint department heads. So there's a lot of interplay in between um, the elected and the appointed officials. But it's important to understand when that election comes up that you're not just voting for a president or you're not just voting for a mayor, but there are other people who are in your community that will affect you. So your district attorney, for example, the reason that they are the law enforcement authority is because They decide whether or not there's going to be charges brought against someone. Is it first degree murder? Is it second degree murder? Is it manslaughter? Are we dropping charges? You know, what are we doing? So anything that you see going on, all of that flows through the district attorney's office. The police officers, the sheriffs, the bailiffs, the probation officers, those are all public servants. The sheriff, again, is elected, but they're responsible for your arrests. They're responsible for your detention and anything that you have to deal with as you go through the legal system. But anything that the district attorney says is what goes. So the police don't charge you with anything. You may be arrested for fill in the blank, you know, for murder or something like that, but the district attorney decides what charges are actually going to be brought against you once you go to court. And it's important also to understand that a lot of your judges are elected. So you need to really understand what's going on on a local level, even though a lot of people want to argue about, 
you know, just let's say bigger, bigger politics, bigger, bigger stages and things like that and bigger platforms. But when it comes down to what affects you day to day, your city council, your alderman, you might live in a commonwealth, you might be subject to, you know, you might live in an unincorporated area, find out all those things about what's going on locally so that you can be more informed about how to vote, which brings me to my third thing. Um, Get all into your local politicians business everything that they do is public record all of the voting on issues that they've done is public record everything that they support is public record find out what platforms they're running on are they for this or are they against this are they for that or are they against so everything that has to do with zoning commerce, schools, taxes, how far away from a building you have to be if you want to smoke, all goes through your local government. Every person that sits on your board is elected. Every person that sits on your city council is elected. And the hearings that they have when they are casting votes for different things are open to the public. They publish their, your board of supervisors or your city council, for example, will publish their agenda usually three days before there's a hearing. And those hearings are open to the public. You can go down to wherever their hearing room is and tell the clerk of the board, hey, you know, we're going to be talking about expanding the highway, you know, in my area today, and I would like to make a public statement. So you put your name in, you get about two, three minutes on the microphone, and then you let the board know how you feel about it or how you feel about taxes or smoking or, you know, what funding is going towards schools and things like that. And then the board will vote on whatever the issue is. And it's important to understand that, you know, not everything that passes is a unanimous vote. It may be a majority vote. It might be a four to three vote or a three to two vote or whatever. And for the people that are rep- the, the representative that you have, your supervisor of your district, Why is that person voting that way? And really get to understand the how and why of all of it, because it's a very simple process once you understand it, but people get very overwhelmed because they want to understand everything all at once. And it's like, okay, well, let's just take, let's just take a little bite out of it. You take a little bite every day and you can go back and look and see how someone has voted historically, you can go on your public access channels. If you don't go down to the hearing in um, real time, there will be a replay usually of your board of supervisor meetings, your city council meetings and things like that on public access television. So you can see what went down. Usually the only thing that makes headlines at those types of meetings is when somebody's coming in and they're like, you know, they want to fight or they're cussing somebody out or something. I can tell you having been to I don't know how many board meetings in my, in my lifetime, in, you know, in my career in civil service. Um, they're really not that exciting, but there are people that come in and they're very passionate about what they want to talk about. They're very, you know, well prepared because you do have a short window of time to talk about something. And then you can find out, the, you know, just again, the how and why of things happen. So you may go down and you may talk to someone and it's like, oh, okay, well, we hadn't considered that or whatever. And keep in mind that everybody that's on that board or everybody that's on the city council, you know, they're supposed to be serving your community. They're supposed to be serving their constituents. And then everybody that they appoint serves at the pleasure of the board. So if somebody is not 
doing their job, they're not responsive and you need to, you know, get answers or you want some things to change, you need to get involved with the process, but understand who is responsible for what and how you can get into it. Um, The fourth tip that I'll give you and the best way to understand what's going on is to use your sample ballot. Like I said, voting is like the easiest thing that you'll do. It's pretty much Amazon Prime these days, you know, where it's just like it comes to your door, you handle it, and then you put it back out or you send it back or you just you need to use it like you do everything that we order from Amazon. And the sample ballot will have everything that's going to be on the real ballot on Election Day. So it's going to have um, what I consider like it's like an inverted triangle. So it starts with the bigger election. So if it's a presidential election or a governor's election or whatever, those are usually the first couple of pages. But you need to go through the entire ballot and figure out is the sheriff up for election? Are these judges up for election? Is a city council person up for election? Because everybody who is seated in some of these positions was on the ballot. And so I'll talk to people after an election and they're like, oh yeah, I voted for so-and-so. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. What did you think about Measure K? And they're like, I'm sorry, Measure what now? And they didn't read the whole ballot or they, what I consider undervoted. You know, you can vote for, again, you know, you're, you're in your big elections, but those smaller elections. So when you see the results come up, it's like the number of votes for certain things wane considerably so it gets down to the bottom of an inverted triangle and you start to get to the back pages if you're trying to read that while you're in the booth on voting day it's very overwhelming you know you can be in that voting booth for half an hour trying to read through things and decide on things and okay well I'm you know this person's running for this and her name is Sylvia and I got a friend named Sylvia so I'm just vote for Sylvia oh that's one way okay but it's really more beneficial for you and for your community to kind of find out what Sylvia stands for and what platform is she running on and is this her first election and you know is she trying to unseat an incumbent or what are her beliefs and what who's supporting her campaign so use that sample ballot because it comes long before the election so you can sit with it you can go on the internet you can watch some of the debates or get involved in some of the local um appearances for some for when some of the candidates are out campaigning and listen to what they really have to say so that you can better understand what you're getting once that person gets into office so my fifth tip for you is to really understand that your vote does count like I mentioned we do have the lowest voter turnout or some of the lowest voter turnout for all of these elections and it's not until people get mad or they want to get hostile or rowdy or something like well yeah now I want to vote and it's like well it's too late now you know the the moment passed you know you only get to vote x amount of times or at certain times in that person's term so if you're not satisfied with something you need to go vote if you're completely satisfied with something you need to go vote so it's not uh passive engagement. It's not something that any of us should take lightly. It's something that we all really need to consider to be a little more important instead of feeling like it's this, you know, arduous task and uh, I don't want to have to go vote because it, it, it has such, such a big impact on everything. So the next time that you're driving down the street and you see construction and you see new construction and different organizations or different companies coming to your community and you're like, well, how'd that happen? How did, you know, 
there was probably a public hearing about it. There is probably, you know, again, some zoning aspect or some tax breaks that were given to certain corporations or organizations. And the moment passed. And now it's like, well, I don't want them building, you know, not in my backyard. I don't want them doing this and whatever. And it's like, "Uh uh-huh. So get involved, you know, really put yourself in a position where you are taking one side or the other and supporting something, voting for something, and have that situation be meaningful. Um, one of my favorite quotes from Margaret Mead was that, to never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. So for me, it's always been important to be involved in, in you know, do my civic duty and make sure that I'm voting because I want to I at least be able to say, yeah, you know, I'm here I'm making my, I'm rowdy. I'm making my voice heard on what this situation is and to really educate those people around me. And if we all take that time, like I said, to, you know, educate your aunts and uncles and your goddaughter and your kids and your parents and whomever, get all them registered to vote, get them all making, you know, make sure that everybody's getting their sample ballot so that when the day comes that you have to, that you have the opportunity to have your voice heard, that you're taking advantage of that. You know, people have really, rallied and campaigned to get the vote you know so it's not something that I've ever taken lightly and I'd like to see other people not take it as lightly or be as uninvolved in some of the things that go around but really understand that one vote can make a difference so to recap what we talked about um, first of all don't say you're not political because saying you're not political is political. Um, The second thing is to understand the difference between elected officials and appointed officials and figure out the how and why they're getting in or out of office. Third thing, get into their business. You know, the internet is a beautiful thing. You know, follow people on their social media, find out what they're getting into politically, socially, what they're supporting, what they're not supporting. And the fourth thing is to use your sample ballot. You know, that's very important because it has all of the information on there and you can use that as your guide on election day. And the fifth thing is just make sure that you understand that every vote counts, you know. So if we all have those of us that have maybe abstained from voting or haven't really taken the time to educate ourselves, if it's ever if there's ever been a time in our lives to be more socially, politically, and community-focused is definitely 2020. If you've been enjoying the show, tell a friend and share my links all over your social media because the best endorsement is word of mouth, and that's how I grow my audience. Also, take a moment to go onto iTunes and leave me a rating review so other people that we don't know that we're not friends with yet can also find my show. All right, breadwinners, that's it for me for now. Thank you very much for listening in and keeping in touch. I read everything that you submit and I appreciate all of your feedback and your comments. You can find me online at officepoliticsradio.com. My site has links to all of my social media platforms as well as my contact information. If you have any other questions, comments, or show ideas, just get in touch with me. Have a great work week. Be nice to your HR staff. And until I talk to you again, behave yourselves.